It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 807 on a Saturday morning, 46 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves the Georgia Gardener, along with Ashton Ritchie from the Scotts Company, and we are having fun this morning. We are. Although, I, I, Walter, you, yeah. you turned the air conditioner down for during the break, <laughs> and I, am, I have got goosebumps all over me <laughs> celebrating World Naked Gardening Day here. World Naked Gardening Day. 13th annual. Yep, 13th. Been celebrated here. This is our third, I guess, Ashton, that you and I have celebrated together. Uh, this is the most fun I've had with my clothes off in a long time. <laughs> Ash, Ashley, <laughs> Ashley Frasca, our call screener and associate producer, has posted pictures of Ashton and myself in the studio on Facebook, the Georgia Gardener Facebook page, as um, stirred up a hornet's nest, shall we say. Some people not finding it funny, but as far as we feel, what else is funny? The sixty-year-old guys with their clothes off in a radio we studio. Could, that is pretty. We darn could talk funny. about crabgrass, or we could talk about World Naked Gardening Day, and I, I'd, it's a lot more fun to talk about World Naked Gardening Indeed Day. Indeed, it is. So, if you want to go to the Georgia Gardener Facebook page and see all the comments and um, see what exactly we are wearing or aren't wearing here in the studio, GeorgiaGardenerFacebook.com, <laughs> and uh, you can check that out. You know what we need to do? We need to do the weekend prize pack, Ashton. Ashley, we need to do the weekend prize pack. So, Ashley Frasca, thinking of a number between two and seven to determine who wins four tickets to the Atlanta Antique Show, May the 19th through the 21st, is the Cobb Galleria, plus a $50 Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Williamson Brothers Barbecue is good barbecue. Mm, good stuff. Mm. All right, so four tickets to see the Atlanta Antique Show, May 19th through 21, and a $50 gift certificate to William, Williams Brothers Barbecue. Y'all be careful in there not to spill any barbecue sauce. We'll be careful. Williams is not catering this event in our studios <laughs> in here. Oh, that would be good stuff. So, Ashley, what caller shall win this prize pack? Caller number three. 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. Please dial carefully. Do not wake anybody up saying, do I get the barbecue? They're going to want to know more about that. Ashley, will you please retype line two so I can get a name on that? Ashley Ashley can't hear me because she's doing the contest line in there. So Ashton Ritchie right now. Let's talk a little bit more about lawns in Atlanta and particularly the damage. Have you seen any from the cold weather that came right after the Bermuda was about to green up? Have you seen any sort of... I, I actually haven't. I've seen it. Uh, actually, it's. It, but I was concerned, like you say, because we had that cold spell. And, of course, some, some, some plants, some of the shrubs got, uh, uh, you know, nipped. Some mm-hmm. of the new growth, you, yeah. you definitely saw that, but so far, uh, uh, what about you? Have you seen anything on any of the lawns? Yeah, at uh, Piedmont Park. They had a big lawn there that was just coming out before the freeze came and just turned it brown. But I bet it's, it came back again. Yeah, I was going to say by now, it yeah, probably grass came yeah. back again. I have, yes, seen or heard people email me saying, my zoysia lawn is kind of in patches, my yes. zoysia lawn kind of in yeah. patches. And some of that is drought-related. Some of it probably is cold-related. I'm not sure which, but for most of them, I say, oh, look on the but, ground. But now if you drive through the neighborhoods, the zoysia yeah. looks pretty good, yeah. and the uh, Bermuda yeah. looks good. So, so it was we'll see. Short. Wait in time. Time may tell on a lot of these plants as whether or not Feed. They, 
feed. If you got down on the ground and and put your ear to the ground, the grass blades would be saying, feed me. Feed a little bit. Bermuda grass is growing rapidly right now and needs some feed. Gary comes to us with a question about his Savannah hollies. Gary, welcome to Lawn and Garden. Morning, guys. Morning. How How are you doing, Gary? Well, I'm sitting here looking at a formerly dense screen of about six Savannah hollies that have gotten big over the years, 20 feet. 20 foot tall or so, but they got severely stressed in last summer's drought, lost mm. limbs, especially lower on the plant. I'd mm. actually expect that I'd have to replace these trees, but there's still growth on some of the upper limbs and at the top, and now suckers and water sprouts are appearing on the lower trunk. Okay. I know topping, uh, I'm surprised you didn't bleep me there. I think that's a cuss word. Isn't it? I know topping <laughs> is not generally a good solution. Yeah. After taking off these dead limbs, these trees uh, look kind of spindly and scraggly. What's what's your advice on trimming and reviving these trees? I love the word scraggly. <laughs> it's such a southern word. It's very, very descriptive. And we know exactly actually what what his hollies look like. They're scraggly. They don't have many leaves on them. I tell you, Gary, the I have had really good results with a thing that I call rejuvenation mixture, and it's strictly off the top of my head, but I've used it on a gardenia, a hydrangea, and viburnum over in the corner. And this is what I think you can do to rejuvenate your holly. And by the way, on my website, if you just type the word rejuvenate for listeners, it will bring you to the formula, which I'm about to describe. So Gary, what you do is you get a big two cubic foot bag of soil conditioner or planting soil, either one. Pike has a planting soil or soil conditioner from many other nurseries. Put that in a wheelbarrow and then get some milorganite or hollytone, either one. They're very slow-release fertilizers. And get about a quart of that stuff and dump it over in the, in the wheelbarrow. And use a hoe or your hands or something to mix everything up in there. And you've got a nice, very rich, organic material, which can then be spread on the ground thinly, about a quarter-inch thick, underneath your holly bush and you got two things going on you got the nutrition from the milorganite or the holly tone and you have the organic matter which earthworms and underneath the holly will say oh boy this is great let me have some bring the organic matter back down into the soil both of which situations are going to make a holly a lot happier than it sounds like it is now all right we're going to try well i got some uh, i put some some water around it to try to avoid another. Uh, they had gotten so big they were hard to wa- water. So yeah. I got some water down there ready to uh, avoid another drought situation. And I'm going to try and feed them with some uh, some of this rejuvenation mixture. We'll yeah. see what happens. But, as far as, but don't top them, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Not right now. Not okay. until we've gotten more of a feel for what's going to happen with rejuvenation. But, Gary, you could really do me a favor. If you would take some before pictures now of what the hollies look like now, wait two or three months maybe into July or August even, and give me an after picture of what it looks like when you put the rejuvenation formula on there, and just let me see. And I'll use it for proof or proof of failure, one or the other. But you will do my research for me. All right, will do. Uh, one thing that I'm picturing in my mind, if you've got enough room, would be to get some of the uh, some other holly varieties that don't get as tall sure and maybe good. plant them in front just to hide it, so that they, you know, you've got maybe a staggered look where you got two rows of, uh, but you know that would help screen off, yeah, the and uh, scraggly part, yeah, yeah, the scraggly part, and because you, but I think Walter's idea of uh, getting getting some good stuff down underneath them, they appreciate that. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll try it and see what happens. Thanks, fellas. You bet, Gary. Thanks for calling. 
404-872-0750 gets you in to take Gary's place. They've got a slot open for you right there. Jason is down in Henry County in Hampton and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Jason, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, I have a question. I have either mold, mildew, or some moss in my front yard, <laughs> and I want to know how to get rid of it so I can plant my seeds. Yeah, uh, so what, what is the symptom? It? Give me a symptom there. What do, Describe it better for me, Jason. Uh, it's it's just the real. It's up under my grass, but it's up under the weeds that there. I really don't have that much grass, but it's just like moss. All right, so moss, mold. All right, yeah. so we're wondering, how much sunshine does it get, Jason? It gets a full sunshine. My country, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I just recently bought the house. Yeah. Is the soil pretty hard? Can you go out and yeah. just tell this clay and hard soil? Yeah. And mm. I bet I bet the lawn hadn't been fed in a while, yeah, too. Yeah, I bet it hadn't been fertilized in a year. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, I bet so. See, that, Jason, Ashton and I, when we hear your description, we're mentally building a picture of what you look like so that we can think, all right, what would Jason's next step be? Ashton, what do you think his next step should be? Well, you know, maybe getting a soil test would help but uh, to, to tell what you're dealing with with the soil pH. But, you know, the moss is growing there because the grass is not growing there, and so a lot of times it's too much, sh- too much shade. Sometimes it's not being fed. The grass is weak. Uh, water is maybe it got dry down. and then the, the, then it got now it's wet and the water doesn't drain very good and so you know uh, sometimes people just if they have all those conditions and they say gosh I like the moss I'll just grow moss <laughs> but uh, if you want to get rid of it there there's moss control granules you can put down that will kill the moss and open it up so that it can be seeded but uh, getting the right grass growing in there and sometimes it's just feeding the existing grass and it will fill in and be stronger I think that's really? a decision you have to make yourself, Jason, is whether or not you have enough grass that's there that you want to fertilize it and try to get it to take over where the moss is growing. If you've got 60 or 70 percent grass when you look down at it and only yeah. 20 or 30 percent moss, then I'd feed the grass and go ahead and feed it a couple of times, uh, and especially if you have Bermuda or, or one of the warm season grasses, feed it a couple of times this summer and then see what happens, uh, whether you need to do any seeding. If you've got, if it's more of a fescue lawn, then uh, maybe only feed it once now and then yeah. feed it a couple times in the fall. I tell you, the, the product Ashton was mentioning, Jason, that gets rid of moss, it doesn't really get rid of permanently, but it sort of sets the moss back. It's called Moss Out, M-O-S-S-O-U-T, and it is uh, iron sulfate. Yeah, and, and you can get, uh, Scott says, moss control granules, yeah, moss the same control thing. Granules, yeah, yep, so the same thing. And so you spread okay, that on the lawn. Now, how long do I have to wait until I see I think with the moss products, I don't think you have to wait until No, there's no, there's no waiting no period waiting after. Period. No. Oh, really? Okay, thank you. But the big thing, Jason, is try to eliminate as much shade, as much water flowing over the ground. And there's no way to really eliminate the clay. But if you were to run an aerator over the lawn this time of year, or the Bermuda lawn particularly, that would loosen the soil some and make the Bermuda be able to spread a little bit further. And I think that is really what we want to do, get a good lawn. And then one, once the moss is dead, you could break it up a little bit and seed. You could, sure could. All right, well, thank you. I, I love the show. I thank can't you, wait to Saturday so I can listen. <laughs> thank you, Jason. Appreciate <laughs> All it. All right. Okay, thanks. Drive safely. 
We've got Tony on the line. No, we don't have Tony on the line because we've got to take a break. It is 8.18, and we will be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. At 8.24, quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. High today is not going to be real high in the 70s, low 70s, 71, 72 degrees perhaps. Right now 47 at the studios of News Talk WSB. And very likely that will be the low overnight tonight. Tomorrow about the same, 71, 72 degrees on Sunday. Not much chance of a rain, so we don't have much chance to worry about that. But still, overcast, some clouds, some sun, and not all that warm for the day, warming up throughout the next, rest of the next week. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Dave Baker came in a moment ago, and we told him we were celebrating World Naked Gardening Day, and he pointed out that the Kentucky Derby is going on today, and those horses will be running completely unclothed, wearing nothing but their jockeys. That's a line from our friend Dave Baker. Tony in Bremen, Georgia, joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Tony, good morning. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I have some tomato plants. I planted three or four weeks ago. Yeah. They started to grow, and then they just stopped. The tops of the plants didn't fill out. The tender growing part, yeah. what little is there, just kind of knuckled up and, and, and gnarly, and, and it's, that's it. I've never seen that before. I know exactly what it is because I showed pictures of it yesterday to my garden friends down in Macon. That is herbicide damage. Herbicide damage? As soon as you say tomato tops turn around, knuckled up, strappy, twisty, corkscrewy, thickened, herbicide damage. I haven't sprayed them. Somehow. Have you put hay on? Do you have any hay mulch, grass clippings? I did last year. Ah. You know, I made the mistake of plant. Uh, of, I used to use new, newspapers or yeah. different mulch, and I had a bright idea. I thought of using wheat straw, and yeah. it looked pretty for a while to, until a month later I had 10,000 wheat plants. <laughs> make your bread with the tomatoes on. Somewhere, somehow, on a windy day, maybe, Tomatoes are fantastically sensitive to herbicides. I show, I have pictures of tomatoes that have been sprayed just the, the lightest bit. Somebody was spraying uh, Roundup on the edge of the yard. It drifted 20 feet across the yard onto the tomatoes, and they got that characteristic yellow spots on top of the leaves that is Roundup damage to tomatoes. And then if you, the, the kind of spray that you put on dandelions, uh, dandelion is, spray, is, is, it makes them really twist up and curl sure, up. Sure, sure does. Um, uh, if you uh, want to... If you want to see some pictures and compare, just to see if I'm right, Tony, go on my website, WalterReeves.com, and just type tomato herbicide, and you'll well, see believe, the gnarliest leaves you've ever seen. I'm not online, but I, but I believe you. But the only thing, the only thing sprayed around was uh, for, for uh, blight and blossom in last year, I sprayed yeah. the plants, but that still wouldn't affect them this year. Yeah, there's some weed killer. And again, it can come from things you don't expect, it, like yeah, manure. Or mulch, or hay, or something like that. It came from a horse farm where there was um, uh, un- there was treated hay that was fed to the horses. But I promise that's what it is. And honestly, truly, Tony, uh, Tony, wait a little while and see how the plant recovers. If it's a light application, many times the plant will straighten out. And maybe feed them. And I feel comfortable. Yeah, feed them a little bit. And I feel comfortable eating the tomatoes off of that. You may make a different decision if you want. But I think for sure. Herbicide damage. And it's not too late to plant to plant more tomatoes. Oh yeah, I've got plenty of time to do yeah. that. My eyes on the road, she slid her. 
It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 836 and 48 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do or giving you an excuse not to do whatever you don't want to do. Either way is fine with me <laughs> if you have, you know, con- conflict in the, in, the, in the spousal arena, then I can help you with that. He's Ask a referee. Richie. You're like a gardening referee. Yes, indeed I am. I have sometimes a little re- reversible plaque that says garden expert or marital counselor, one or the other. I can do one or the other. It doesn't matter. Ash and Richie here with me from the Scotts Company to answer garden lawn questions or lawn questions in your landscape. But first, before we talk to Ashton, we've got to talk to our regular Saturday morning guest who comes to us at 835, our friend Mickey Gasaway from Pike Nursery. Hey, Mickey, good morning. We're just great. We're gardening, as you know, with no clothes on, or hosting the show with no clothes on. But I know you're out in public and can't do that today. This isn't TV, right? It is. We have already had a Facebook uh, posting that said, Bodies (laughs) Made for Radio. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. That's enough. That's enough. I thought that might be where you wanted to stop that conversation. But we start the conversation about the Pike Pick of the Weekend. What's it going to be this weekend, Mickey? It's going to be Gardenia's. And Gardenia's. Perfectly timed. Perfectly timed. Mine, the buds are just beginning to open right now, and soon they'll open. It'll smell Smell good. Real good. Isn't that the best smell you just ever smell? That and Daphne's. I don't If you have a Gardenia and a Daphne and a tea olive, you've got something smelling good all the you time. You bet. You bet. And these, you got different kinds of Gardenia's. Go yeah, over the different so kinds of Gardenia's. Kinds. Oh, my goodness. I knew you were going to ask that. Uh, of course, we've got the August Beauty that we've had forever. We've got the Radicans, which is just the spreading kind. And then we've got uh, Frost Proof. Uh, we've got one called Double Mint. Mm-hmm. We've got one, and I think it's White Gem. It's a brand new one. I just saw it this week. It's real small. It only gets like two by two, but it's shaped really pretty. It's a daisy type. Uh-huh. Some of the smaller ones are daisy type, and they're supposed to be a little more cold tolerant. And notice so, when you, when our listeners, and when you go to the nursery to get the gardenias that are on sale this weekend, notice their size and shape, as Mickey just pointed out, because some mm-hmm. can get tall, some are small, frost-proof. My neighbor has one that's probably three, three and a half feet high, and I have right. radicans in the backyard. It's barely 12 inches high, and the big uh, right. August Beauty is probably six feet high right now. Right, right. And the August Beauty is the one we've had here, around here, forever and ever. My daddy called it Cape Jasmine. Yeah. Right. You ever heard that? I, I have heard the name, and sometimes it was referred to that way from somebody who had one in the house, one of those potted gardenias they bring in after a funeral. Oh, really? He always called house. it Cape Jasmine, and I didn't know if anybody else told him that or not. But uh, it smells so good. And like you said, they've got all different kinds. They're all evergreen, beautiful plants. Mm-hmm. And so if we got hints on how to plant them, what would you do? What do you do to tell somebody who wants something that smells good well, has never I, had a gardenia? I, to me, the ideal place for them is morning sun and afternoon shade to begin with. Now, I've got one in full sun, and it's doing fine. I do, but too. Just the easiest way to me if when you're first doing it is morning sun and afternoon shade. But like I said, mine's out in full sun, and it's doing just fine. But you did a good but, job planting it and amending the soil yeah. and all that. Yep. 
That's right. And you need to dig the hole, of course, at least two or three times as wide, no deeper than it's growing. Amend the soil. You can use um, planting mix. You can use, we've got a azalea camellia food. You could use that. Um, and then, you know, fill it back in with that. Use a little bit of sure start, mulch it, and it'll do good. Boom, boom, boom. And it'll smell good That's every right. May, June. You'll be smelling your gardenias. And they bloom at different times. It's worth reading the label again to find out when they. When they bloom, August Beauty a little bit later perhaps than others. Uh, my Climbs Hardy is pretty late actually. I would think August yeah, or September I think almost. Yeah, a little bit later. Yeah. I always like the single ones. I like to see the fruit they make, that hip they make in the it's pretty. in the fall. That always interests people. A little red hip on the that. on the ends of the branches. Yeah, kind of an orangey. Yeah, they're and, kind of and you can prune them after they flower. So if your gardenia flowers, whenever it does, if you feel like you need to prune it down, do it after it flowers, and you'll be safe. It'll be fine. That's exactly right. So that's a reminder of the process. You go to a pike nursery. You look through the gardenias. You decide the one that you like. You put two or three on your cart. You put some planting soil on there as well, a little bit of sure start besides that. You go to the cashier, and you say, hey, these gardenias are covered by the pike pick of the weekend that Mickey announced this morning on the radio. It'll be there tomorrow as well, of course. And you get 20% off on anything you purchase. Those gardenias are 20% off. That's right, and they're guaranteed forever. See, I know we've got a class. I know we've got a class coming up in May. Oh, yeah, we do. We've got one today. I did it, one at Lindbergh and one at uh, um, one at Johns Creek mm-hmm. and one at Peachtree Shreddy. And today we're doing it here at West Cobb. And it's on hydrangeas. Hydrangeas you know, is how to grow those. That's just such a popular thing this time of year. We've got, we just really got. Lots in stock and all different kinds. They're beautiful. So you can call local nurseries and find what's scheduled there for the classes because, as Mickey said, she goes around between well, not, others too. This two. is the last one. This is the last of the hydrangea classes. But let's make sure that everybody knows that May the 20th is something that I look forward to at All Pike Nurseries oh, grilling yes. events, the hot dogs That's and everything right. with Komodo Joe and the Customer grills. Appreciation Day. And we do appreciate our customers. That's May the 20th, Saturday, May the 20th, right. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., all nursery locations. Get your food and come by and snack and get some good plants, too. You're right. You come, too. Mickey G, I'll be at Toco Hills, where I get my hot dogs from. Good for you. Good for you. Okay. Mickey G, where would we go if we wanted to find any location of Pike Nursery around the metro area? At PikeNursery.com. Indeed, we would. Go back and enjoy enjoy the day, Mickey. I will. You too. Have a great day. See you next Saturday. It's eight forty-two on a Saturday morning. Uh, Lamont in Swanee has a question, appropriate enough, about gardenias. Hey, Lamont. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. Yes, uh, right on time. Um, I planted some gardenias along a retaining wall along my driveway, and they're the. I don't know exactly what the variety they are. They are small bushes, um, probably eighteen inches across, and maybe I don't know, maybe. 10 inches tall. Okay. But my my problem is is that they're very sparse. I've seen yellowing of the leaves. Mm. Um, I listened to the, the lady from Pike, and it's been planted properly. It, it does have mulch, but it, they're looking like they, they're just getting um, thinner and thinner mm. and thinner, and I'm just afraid they're dying. I have the answer for you. Um, about it's been half an hour now. I talked to a guy about rejuvenating his holly, and I mentioned a formula for mixing stuff up, and I'm not going to go over it again. But I will tell you that if you go to my website and type the word rejuvenate in there, okay. it will take you to the to the way that I mix this uh, super rich soil. And it's important to 
point out that my across-the-street neighbor, Lamont, has some frost-proof hollies planted next to her front steps, a little back deck, or a little deck that's in front of the house there. And about five years ago, um, she noted to me, just as you, she said, these gardenias, they look sort of thin and scraggly, and I don't think they look right right. And so I went back to my house when she was not there. I sprinkled a whole bunch of milorganite, which is one of the things I'm going to tell you about in the Rejuvenate formula. And okay. so I sprinkled a bunch of milorganite on her gardenias. And that night she came home and said, Walter, Walter, why have you put on my gardenias? It smells. <laughs> it only smells for about an hour or two or three, but it was raining, and so she smelled a little bit more. But Lamont, if you'll go to my website, just type the word rejuvenate and follow that formula there to put on your gardenias, I bet you'll have a lot of success with them. Beautiful. Okay, let's look forward to doing it. All right, then. Let us know, have Lamont. Thanks for calling. All right, right bye-bye. we got Treva in South Fulton as well. Hey, Treva, good morning. Good morning. How can I help, Treva? Well, I have two problems, if I may ask two questions. If you're pretty quick, yes, you can. Yes. Okay, the first one is my apple tree. They keep dropping the apples before they mature, Mm -hmm. and it's starting to really, you know, I mean, after about six years of, they're supposed to be dwarf patio apples, and I put them in the ground. Yeah. And But they still drop the apples before they mature. What can I do to stop that? The second question is on my Japanese red maple. It had problems where some of the leaves were, the, the limbs were dying. Yeah. I cut them back. I sprayed them with the pruning tar and everything. But now even where I sprayed them with the pruning tar, the bark is falling off and the tree trunk underneath there is pretty dry. That's not good. Um, let's go back to the first question, which was about the apple trees dropping fruit. It is normal for a lot of fruit trees, apples and peaches do this normally, to have a May drop where they sort of take assessments of what they have in their system, how many leaves do I have, how many roots do I have, how moist is my root system, and they'll adjust their numbers naturally. And so you may see partly May drop is naturally aborting fruit. And sometimes it happens because it's too much stress. It got real dry, for instance, a month ago or something like that. Do you still have apples on the trees? Right now it yeah. has apples on the trees and everything, but normally it drops just about every apple off the tree. Now, I'm not sure if it's my little four-legged friends of squirrels <laughs> going after them or, you know, or the deer in the area because, you know, if it's those, I have a few plans up my sleeve for them with, a few ghost peppers soaked oh, in water fine. and make a ghost pepper spray for them. But So as far as thinning the apples, one thing you can do, and you're supposed to do this on fruit trees, is to thin the apples so they're about six inches between adjacent apples. Don't necessarily let those clusters that you see now, two and three or four apples all to clusters together at the end of the branches. Three of them need to go. Three of the weaker-looking apples need to go. One left, and if there's another cluster nearby, take all but one off of there. And that thins them enough to balance the number of leaves in the root system together, one every six inches. And you use your ghost peppers and everything to keep the squirrels away. Maybe you'll have some success with that. Okay. Uh, Okay. So thinning, that's number one. Second question was about... Maple. Maple tree. Japanese maple tree. Ashton was thinking, being my assistant, thinking of what I was talking (laughs) about here. So Ashton, she's got the maple. She pruned it off. She's got dry bark underneath. Any thoughts from you about it? Uh, not really. I, you know, I, I know that sometimes if, uh, if, if, if they're planted too deep, uh, they'll, they'll tend to struggle. 
Uh, I don't think you really need to use the pruning paint on uh, after you do any pruning. Uh, that's kind of like the old the old thing. You don't really need to do that anymore. But uh, but that's not, that's not causing the problem. It's not the pruning paint. No, and I'm yeah, not sure why the fifteen years old. I'm not sure why the bark would be turning drying up underneath the cut there, unless there was some infection that got in or something like that. How much of the tree is in leaf now, Treva? Lots of leaves, a few leaves. What's going on? Oh yeah, it's lots of leaves. The what's left of the tree, I would say about eighty percent of the tree is in leaf, and okay. then I have some limbs that I need to go back and prune a little bit more on because I, I'm assuming that the cold may have nipped out yeah. some of the fresh, yeah. you know. I tell you, some of my Japanese maple friends say that dead limbs are opportunities for them because they like a Japanese maple to have a little more character than just a purple mound totally. mushroom-looking you know, dwarf thing. So my instinct here is, Treva, to say... Feed it, feed it. The, feed it a little bit. Feed it a little bit the, and don't let it dry out. When, when you go through the dry period, it doesn't yeah. like to dry out. But And hopefully it'll assume a more better shape for you as the leaves around the part that's bare because you cut the limb out as they move in to fill in that hole in. But that's the best we can do is water, feed, and prune out the dead part, and let's see what happens. Yeah, when I said, you know, plant it too deep, sometimes it gets too much water. Yeah, that's almost that's, the same as not having enough sure. water because the roots die back because it's too wet. Too but, wet underneath But, uh, you know, that's almost as bad when it's too dry and the roots die out. True enough. It's 848. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. Stooping down to find weeds, tickle my behind in a meadow in the news. At 8.55, a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, the high is going to be in the low 70s, 70, 70, 71 degrees. Tonight, overnight, 40, 45, maybe tomorrow, about the same, 71 or 72 in the 40s overnight. Warming up next week, of course, for your full weekend forecast. It comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 News 95, at AM 750 WSB. We go to the phones. John's down in Fayetteville, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, John, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? Real quick, what's the question, John? Real quick. I'm putting in a, a new lawn on a house that I have. My daughter's there. And we're trying to figure out what kind of grass to put in. Yeah. Um, part of the lawn has about 20% shade. We had a bunch of trees taken out. But um, I'm wondering if Tiff Turf Bermuda, which is a shade-tolerant version, mm -hmm. is a good way to go, or tried-and-true Bermuda, or Rhabzoitia. What's your recommendation? Well, you got two choices of shade-tolerant Bermuda. It's Tiff Tough and Tiff Grand. And both of them have some some tolerance of shade, I guess, 20% shade. 20% is not bad. Uh, it sounds good to me, yeah. So, oh. you know, frankly, the thing I really want you to do, John, wherever you go to buy the sod, Say, do you know somebody's yard that has been had this for a year or so that I can go look at and see if their shade is about the same as your shade? Because shade is such an undefinable characteristic mm -hmm. that you don't know if 20% shade in your yard looks like 20% shade from an oak tree or a maple tree in their yard. So mm -hmm. go look at it first before you make that big costly sod decision. Well, this is the first year this, uh, this big company is offering it up, so it's, he's not sure and he's no guarantees. Is and what I hate to hear. It's supposed to be. The, re the reputation is that Tiff Tough will take more shade and that Tiff Grand will take more shade, but still 
I want to see it before I make that decision. Tiff Grand's been around for a while, so you should be able to see some Tiff Grand somewhere around the area in Fayetteville, I would think. Thanks for calling, John. we got to get out of here. It has been a great Saturday morning doing it with Ashton Ritchie from the Scots Company participating in World Naked Gardening Day. Don't forget, tomorrow, World Pajama Gardening Day. If you didn't get out and get your clothes <laughs> off today, even if it was chilly today. Thanks to Ashley Frasco for screening our calls, answering questions off the air. To DeMarco Williams for doing such a great job getting our nude music for the show today. <laughs> for details, you can go to my website, WalterReeves.com. Otherwise, we'll see you right here next Saturday morning for another edition of, you guessed it, Lawn and Garden. <laughs>